Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, if you don't have a Bible or, or, or you can just look up here, we'll throw the scriptures up on the screen. But um, I want to continue to talk with you for the next couple of weeks, just finish up our series called Making Disciples. And, and I'll explain to you what I mean by that. But uh, these next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about discipling our kids. Uh, it's something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me about recently, and I got really excited. In fact, I thought I'd just kind of give some, some, uh, some scriptures on this and some things that the Lord had put on my heart for one week, and yet the Lord said, hey, no, no, you need to... Basically, the Lord impressed on my heart really strongly, this is not a one-week thing. And so really, for this week and next week, the Lord wants me to deposit some things into us as a church. Now, many of you have kids, little or older. Uh, some of you, you're going to have kids. And so this is extremely relevant because I believe as a pastor, those of you who are going to have kids, I need to pour into you and show you what the Word says, and the Lord wants to plant these seeds in your heart. And then others of you, maybe you don't have kids or, or, or your kids are older and grown up, really the Lord wants all of us to partner together to raise up a generation for Him, amen? A David and Joshua generation, a, a kids who would follow the Lord, and He needs us as a church to come together as a family and pour into them because, as we like to say, it takes a village to raise a kid, but it takes a church to raise a Christ follower. And all of our kids, right now our kids and our youth are in the back, and they're learning too. They're in, they're in church too. So it's not like we just throw them off into a corner and uh, you know, feed them uh, candy. Okay, maybe we do that too. And, uh, and just play games. No, we, we teach them the word. We teach them how to walk with the Lord there in the back. But we as a church and we as parents or soon-to-be parents or, or not so soon-to-be parents, we need to learn how to disciple our kids. And and so we've been, we've been talking about how to lead people to the Lord and how to disciple them, uh, basically because Jesus has called every one of us to do this, uh, those of us who are Christ followers. It says, go, he said in Matthew 28, right, go and make disciples of all nations. And of course, um, by this we in no way mean, you know, uh, manipulating people or controlling them or making us think like we think or something like that, but just really, as Deanna said, just really trying to show people God's love. And lead them to Him. We simply believe, as you guys know, that, that, that every person was created by God and that Jesus, God's Son, reconciles us to God. And so really by us inviting people to a relationship with God, we're simply inviting them into really the fullness of what we believe we're all called to be. Right? Really, and that's what we want. And that's what we want for our, our kids. So in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 4, it says this here, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. But bring them up in the training and ad admonition of the Lord. Basically, train your children in the way of the Lord. Not only are we called to make disciples of all the nations, just basically every person who would, who would uh, 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 be in our lives, we're called to love them, we're called to bless them. We're called to show them who God is like, and then also to invite them into that relationship with Him, but especially our own children, especially our own children. Really, at the heart of every single one of our callings, like we've been saying, is making disciples, because really all of our calling, all of our ministries are about loving people. It's about people. You might say, well, I'm called to children's ministry, or I'm called to Thailand, or I'm called to this. You might say, whatever your ministry is, it's people, right? Right? 
And many of you, when I've talked about like, hey, you have a calling, God has a purpose for your life, many of you have said to me before, I don't, I don't know what it is. And then sometimes the next thing people will say to me, will say, they'll say, I don't know what my calling is, but my, my children are my calling. And I think, exactly. Now, it's not just our kids. Really, like I said, anyone we run into is somebody we're called to just love. But more than anyone else, our kids and the kids that you will have, they are your ministry. Amen? We are going to give an account when we stand before the Lord. When he returns, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account for how we have managed the life that he has given us. And every kid that, that we have, like my wife and I, we have three children, they're really a gift from the Lord that I'm going to give an account of how I have managed or stewarded their life, right? Of whether or not I have done this. And so we see this general call to make disciples of all nations. And yet in Ephesians chapter 6 and many places in the scripture, we see a direct command to parents to train up our children and bring them up in the way of the Lord. Did you see that? This is what we're called to do. And so, I'm called to, to uh, 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 pastor. That's my specific assignment. And so I love to disciple people and help them to walk in the way of the Lord and pour my life into you guys. But more than anything else, I want to pour into my kids. Right? It's not really an either or, by the way. It's not an either or. Should I be a pastor or should I pour into my kids? It's not an either or. It's both. But more than anything else, I will not neglect my children. I will not neglect my wife for the sake of doing some sort of task, right? And so more than anything else, I'm going to say, hey, my relationship with God is first, and then I'm going to pour into my wife and into my kids. And then out of that flows my ministry of the church. In fact, you guys probably know in 1 Timothy 3, it says that if a pastor does not know how to rule his own house, and by rule, he's talking about leadership, and governance, bringing order and health and uh, 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 strength to the family. If a, if a pastor does not know how to govern or rule his own house well, shouldn't even be a pastor in the church. Because really the church is a, is a family, and we're called to, to walk together. And so really what I'm doing to pour my life into you, or you know, in OSL, or our life group leaders, or uh, things like that, or our kids' pastors. Really, it's a manifestation of what should already be happening in the home. Amen? Really supposed to be flowing out of. And I'll say this, actually, more, uh, let me turn that around. Really, parenting, the way we pour into our children, is really a manifestation of what's really going on in our own hearts and our own lives. If you watch a parent disciple their own kids and pour into their own kids, you see who that parent really is, right? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And you always hear me say things like, we reproduce who we are. So already, those people that are in your home, you know, your, your, your spouse, your kids, those people who are in your home, they see who you really are, Right? They're the closest to you. And the way that you affect the people closest to you is really a manifestation of who you really are. Actually, deeper than that, it's a manifestation of what you really believe about God. The ultimately, ultimately, who we really are and at the core what we believe about God is going to come out of our mouths and it's going to come out of our lives and affect our children. And so that's my passion in my own life is that I would pour into my children and raise them up more than anything else. I, I want to see people come to the fullness of who they were created to be. I want to see people come into their calling and their purpose. I want to see you walk in freedom and in wholeness. 
but more than anyone else in all of the planet, my own children, right? My own children, that I would pour my life into them. Now, so I want to give uh, some, some thoughts about that. Of how, what does it look like to bring our children up in the training and the admonition of the Lord? Now, I'm not going to talk about all of parenting. I'm just going to talk about how do we disciple our kids, train them up or bring them up in the way of the Lord to follow Christ. Let me give you a couple presuppositions here, and uh, we'll, go, we'll look at a few more scriptures, but let me just establish a couple of uh, simple presuppositions. And I say that because there's not necessarily even extremely clear scriptures on this, but I want to establish a way that I think. I just want to tell you how I think, and I think, I think you'll agree with me that this is uh, scriptural, if you will. But I just want to be honest with you that, let me just tell you, this is my presupposition. It says here that we're to bring our children up, uh, bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. And we've been talking about the fact that what we're doing is we're helping people to come into a relationship with Jesus, where they follow Jesus and he brings life to them, right? And he brings fullness to them. He brings them into their purpose. He teaches them in the way to walk. And so, so when we say make disciples, we're talking about bringing people into a relationship with Jesus. And so my number one presupposition uh, with my own children is that they need to be born again just like every other person needs to be born again. Now, now let, let me explain that. What I, what I mean is that in Romans chapter 5, it says that uh, through, through one man, talking about Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and death came to all men because all sinned. Now, when you're talking about a little, little child, they probably haven't sinned yet. There's no, there's not, not like, I mean like a, uh, uh, you know, a couple month old. They haven't, they haven't sinned yet. Uh, by the time you get to like two, we, I think we all seen that. No, you know, you see that rebellion in them or something. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes you, those of you who don't have kids, your kid will boldface lie to you, and you're thinking, who taught them that? <laughs> who taught them that? You know, where did that come from? You know, where did that like mine? It's mine. You know, come from? Where did that come from? You know, it's like we, we didn't we didn't teach them that. Uh, and so, uh, and every, every kid is different, by the way. I mean, most of you know that every kid's different. It has different personalities. And so one kid will manifest their strengths and weaknesses in one way. Another kid will manifest their strengths and weaknesses in another way. But bottom line, every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, because of the brokenness and the fallenness of the fall, because we all come from our descendant Adam and Eve, we all have that in us, that deception about who God is. We're prone to believe lies about God. We're prone to, to then become selfish. And that brings sin, that brings death into our lives. It's, bottom line, the scriptures say that our spirit is disconnected from God until we have Christ come inside of us, cause us to become alive again. And so we, I've showed you this in the Word of God, that in Romans chapter 8, if you believe, if you belong to Jesus, His spirit comes inside of you and makes you alive. And that one day, when he returns, we'll, we'll, we'll reign with him, we'll be with him. Well, that's not just true of somebody who's 19 or 20 or 12. That's true of every human being. So it doesn't necessarily matter how old or how young a person is, they need Jesus. Because why? We were created to be connected to God through Jesus. We were created to have the Spirit of the living God dwelling inside of us and giving us life and leading us. And so I'm convinced that my children 
need to be born again just like I would need to be born again. Now see, I was 16. I was 16 and I had heard the gospel and I put my trust in the Lord and oh, Jesus came inside of me, radically transformed my life. And I've told you guys my story before and I remember I remember the difference between being in darkness and being in light. I remember not being alive on the inside and being alive, connected to God. It's an amazing thing. Well, I do not expect my children who accepted Jesus when they were little to remember that experience or have the same experience as me. See, some of you, you came to the Lord when you were young. And you don't even remember saying yes to Jesus, but you did. That's not... Having a memory of that experience is not what's important. What's most important is my next presupposition is simply this. That kids need to learn to walk in the Spirit just like every other believer needs to walk in the Spirit. Being born again is just the beginning, right? Now, now that those of us who have come to know Christ, His Spirit is living inside of us, and now we're learning to walk in the Spirit. We're learning to hear the Lord through the Word of God, we're learning His ways, and we're learning to implement those ways into our lives so that we can walk in wisdom, so that we can walk in love, so that we can have freedom, so we can have wholeness, so that we can be blessed and be a blessing. And our children need to learn that as well. They need to learn how to walk in the Spirit just like we need to walk in the Spirit. It's not automatic, is it? Just because a person comes to Jesus at whatever age does not mean that they, I mean, all their sins are forgiven. But that does not mean that they're automatically wise. You ever met a Christian whose sins are forgiven, but they're really stupid? Am I supposed, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? There's a lot of people out there who they don't know who they are in Christ. And they don't know God's ways. And they're believing lies. Well, guess what? Our children can, can fall prey to that too. And so number one is, those of you who are parents, I want to encourage you to lead your kids to the Lord. Or to create an environment where that can happen. Now, what we're not saying is, uh, it can be really simple. And, uh, and just like, we, <laughs> my son has a weapon over here. Uh, it can be really simple. You know, for honestly, for, uh, for John David, my wife prayed with him to receive the Lord. And we made sure, she made sure that he prayed out loud to invite Jesus into his heart. And it's really very simple. We can talk. I would encourage you, those of you who have young kids especially, not to use uh, words that they wouldn't understand. I mean, I love that about kids. They'll just tell you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but I, 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 uh, I, I will use, uh, you know, with you guys, I'll use words like righteousness. And I'll help you guys to understand it because it's in the Bible, because I want you to understand some of the technical, uh, if you will, some of the dynamics of our salvation, but when you're talking to kids, you got to really simplify it, right? And really with anyone, you've got to simplify it. And so, you know, to be able to talk to children about, have you ever made a bad choice? You know, do, we need, do you need forgiveness from Jesus? But more than that, because again, we're talking children here, I mean, what do they have? Like, you know, I was three when I came to Jesus, and I had this Kool-Aid addiction, and you know what I mean? Like, come on, what's really going on, you know? It's not just about like, I need my sins forgiven, or even going to heaven. Although, hey, heaven's a good thing. We want our kids to go to heaven. You can talk about the fact that Jesus wants to be in relationship with them. He wants to be their forever friend, and he wants to walk with them. But here's the, here's the thing. What we'll do is we'll talk to our kids about, 
Jesus wants to come and live inside of you, and he wants to show you the way to walk. He wants to show you how to live his way. He wants to help you, for example, to share or to love others or to be kind, right? Basically, these are the kinds of things that kids are concerned about, and they should be. In fact, really, we as adults should pretty much be concerned about those things too. Share, love, you know, it's really not that complicated. Uh, Basically, we talk to our kids about Jesus helping them to make good choices. Emma is such a fighter. I love it about her. And uh, she's like, uh, I remember one time we were baptizing somebody in my house, in my pool or in my spa, and she said, I not follow Jesus. <laughs> it's just the way she talks. I mean, she says that like with anything, you know. And we were like, all right, <laughs> you know, that's cool, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, we, do, we don't really worry about it. <laughs> Does it make sense? I mean, some of you might... I just letting you know as a parent, like, don't worry about it. Sometimes we as Christ followers are like, oh no, my kids said they don't want to follow Jesus. We just say, that's okay. You know, Jesus loves you. And we talk with them. We read the Bible with them. We show them who Jesus is. We talk to them about what the scriptures are, right? And, uh, but what it was is she didn't want to get baptized and dunked underwater. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, but my wife had asked her, one time they're driving in the car, my wife had asked her, do, do you want to have Jesus come into your heart, you know, and because Emma knew that, you know, Jesus had not come into her heart yet, and I, th- I can't remember exactly the exact story. We'll have to ask Michelle for the details, but basically Emma was like, you pray. And Michelle was like, no, you got to ask him. She said, fine. <laughs> it's just really funny. She's just really funny. She's just very matter of fact and just that kind of thing. And, um, and so she prayed out loud in the car while they're driving to just accept Jesus into her heart to be her friend. And, and, and the thing is, is that I tell you, both of our kids that are, are older, uh, our, our little ones too, both of them, we saw significant changes in their behavior when they came and accepted Jesus into their heart. So it's really a kind of an eerie almost. You're almost like, did you notice that? Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, not that they're like perfect. I don't mean that at all, of course. They need to learn to walk in the Spirit. But there were some significant changes in just even their behavior or the way they received things uh, because they, they prayed out loud to accept the Lord. Um, and so I just encourage you to just, it's, it's that simple, to explain to your kids their, their need for Jesus, His love for them, and just simply and give them the invitation. And there's, it's so fun, but it's such a powerful thing. And, and when they're around that three-year-old time, they're ready to, to do that. Now, those of you who work with our kids, even in preschool, in the back, even in, uh, and, and even as they get older here in our church, you can ask them, like, do, have you accepted Jesus into your heart to be, to be your friend and your leader? See, so, so we as a church can do this as well. Does it make sense? And even if you have like a neighbor friend or something, you know, or, I mean, you know, some, some friends, you can talk to kids in a very simple way. But here's mostly what I do is I spend most of my time really more explaining to my kids, you know, who Jesus is and how to walk uh, in the Spirit. And so that's, that's that second presupposition that really what we're trying to do is teach our children how to continue to walk with the Lord, how to continue to know Him, how to continue to grow in a relationship with God, how to continue to walk in His ways. We want our children to have a biblical worldview. We want them to see the world through uh, the lens of what Scripture says reality is, not what our popular culture says reality is. So we, we want to help our children to do this. Because like I said, 
uh, just like any other Christian, we can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the spirit, right? We can be deceived or we can have truth. We can become selfish, scared, protective of ourselves, or we can become giving and open and trusting. And so it's so important for us to be intentional. And that's really the point. Because our kids need to be uh, born again, and because our kids need to be led and to taught how to be led by the Spirit, we are therefore the ones who come alongside, as the Scriptures say, and train them to be led by the Spirit. It's, we have to be intentional. See, a lot of times ki- people don't think or, or realize that kids can, can, can entertain lies from the enemy from a very young age. Kids from a very young age can be hurt emotionally and can begin to react out of that. I, I, I totally, I, we all know that kids, every one of us have a temperament a base temperament we were born with, but your environment shapes you more than anything else. You take the same kid, you take the same personality, and you put that kid into a home with no dad or an abusive situation, right? There are a number of children in our society that are in dangerous situations in their home or who are abused in horrible ways, and it affects people, right? Right? Many of you are struggling with things that God is still healing you of from your childhood. Do you think just because children do not cognitively understand what's going on inside of them, just because they don't have the maturity to put it into words, does not mean they don't have a soul that's getting hurt, right? And so children who, for example, are like crazy and out of control and hurting people, or, or, or whatever, right, that does happen. Kids, hurting kids, is actually, it's, it's on the rise. I, I'm totally not surprised. The more that kids are abused, the more they're hurting other kids. It's horrible. Okay, so if that's true, isn't the opposite true? That we can train our children the way of God? That we can impart the right things to them? That we can create safe, healthy environments for them, right? And so what I'm saying is, From a very young age, a a child can be hurt or begin to believe a lie. I mean, even just this morning, this is hilarious. Emma said to me, I don't like ballet because ballet makes me throw up. That's funny. She said that because the first time we took her to a ballet, to Cinderella, she was sick and she threw up. Well, obviously, it's not the ballet that makes her sick, right? But do you realize that's exactly how kids reason? They're trying to observe, and actually, sometimes adults reason that way too, but we're trying to reason out what life is all about. And so many times, and uh, you and I both know, adults do this too, we entertain offense towards God, right? Remember the four soils in Matthew 13? There's the hard soil, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and the good soil. Well, hey, just because your kid is 3 or 9 or 12 doesn't mean that rocks, which, right, remember the rocks in the soil were offenses at God, lies that we believe about God, maybe because of trials or tribulations. Let's say your kids go through something difficult and they say, well, God didn't answer my prayer or God wasn't there or God let that happen or God doesn't love me. That's a lie, right? And that lie will ensnare them and keep them, not just from a relationship with God, but will manifest in other ways in their life. 
This is a lot of what's happening in kids as they go through junior high and high school. They need someone to process with them from a biblical worldview what's going on inside of them and what's going on in the world, right? Because as they get into junior high, high school, kids begin to say, oh man, what's going on? You know, so-and-so hurt me or, or whatever, right? So, you know, your kid comes home and somebody didn't play with them or, or now they feel rejected. Well, sometimes it's because maybe they weren't being very nice. So you have to begin to process with them these things. You, we, you just, I'm saying it's not just about Bible lessons or whatever. It's, it's about really helping them to understand even what's going on inside of them. What about thorns? The thorns in Matthew 13 are what? It's the cares of this life. Greed and covetedness. Distractions and and things like all this media stuff, not that all media is bad. Can, can that stuff choke out the Word of God in our kids' lives too? It's like the Bible, Jesus says, you plant a seed in a person's heart and that, those weeds and those thorns can come up and choke someone's heart and choke their desire for God or choke the Word of God in their heart. Can it do that in kids' lives too? Yes. So they need to be discipled in the same way that adults need to be discipled, where there needs to be boundaries and there needs to be teaching and, 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 and helping them to walk in the ways of God and navigate through things that might become deceptions that they would believe about God. You know, one time I'm driving in the car, and this is kind of a silly thing, but it's, it's, it's relevant. I'm driving in the car with Emma, and I said that Jesus loves her, and she's Jesus' princess or something like that, you know. And, uh, and she said, no, nuh-uh. I said, yeah, Jesus loves you. She said, no, he doesn't. And again, she's just kind of like that, you know. She's, again, she's partly being funny, Partly being, she's being funny, but I didn't, I thought, nah, you know, see, that's just her, um, she's, al- she's always been somebody we had to, if you will, uh, uh, pursue, right? And so she says that to me, and I said to her, I said, we kind of fight back and forth, you know, she's tough, I'll t- be tough back. And uh, she said, no, no, he doesn't. And I said, yes, she does, yes, he does. And she said, no, he doesn't. And I said, no, he told me that he loves you. And she said, oh, okay. And of course, of course, I reminded her of the song, right? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I mean, I just said, hey, remember, you know, I, I know that that's, Jesus loves you. And my point is simply this, is that, uh, not to fight with her, my point is not to let those kind of deceptions come in. Like deceptions like, you know, someone, you know, oh, I'm not beautiful or, 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 that God doesn't love me. Or it could be a lie about people or, or ourselves. We want to help our children to process that. So in, uh, in Deuteronomy 6, it's one of the, probably the most uh, foundational uh, uh, scriptures that really helps us to see the intentionality that we need to pursue these things with. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, <clears throat> very important scripture, Starting in uh, verse 4, I'll start in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Of course, Jesus says this is the number one thing, right? This is it. And then the very next thing, he says, in Deuteronomy 6, Moses says, And these words which I command you today, which obviously he's talking about all the commandments of God, but that are summed up in love God, and love people. He says, all these commands, which, uh, all these uh, words which I command you today, you shall be in your heart, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, 
When you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates. I love that scripture because what it's talking about there is that in formal and informal ways that we, that the, actually, let me say it this way, th- that's discipleship. That in formal and informal ways, whether you're in your house or driving in your car or walking, <laughs> we just mostly drive now, or when you're lying down, that means when you're going to sleep, or when you're getting up in the morning, that you're talking about the Lord. This isn't like be religious, be weird. No, it's actually the opposite. That God would be so a part of my life that it becomes a part of our life. That the word is so flooding my heart that it comes out of my mouth. Do you notice that? And these words which I command you today in verse 6 shall be in your heart. Shall be in your heart. Well, think about it. If out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're filling your own heart with God's word, if you're meditating on the Lord, if you're walking with God and you're talking with the Lord, and in every day of your life, you're inviting him, as Proverbs 3 says, to acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. And you're saying, Lord, I'm trusting you. I mean, even to the little things like Jamie wanting a a, a 4 S or whatever she wanted, right? Just saying, Lord, I'm inviting you into this. I'm asking you, just in all these little things, God is a part of our life. If we're walking with the Lord, then what are we going to model to them? Because ultimately, we reproduce who we are, and it's about modeling who we are to them. See, this verse presupposes that the word is flooding your own heart. Does that make sense? It presupposes that God is so important to you and walking in his ways is so important to you. Because if, 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 if this is just some religious thing, like we do devotions, but you don't live it, they'll catch on sooner or later, right? They say there's an incongruency here. My parents are, 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 are not really walking in God's ways. But if we do, if we, God is really important to us, we're walking in his ways, and then out of that flows the word of God to them. In natural ways. Does it make sense? Like we're just pray because it's who we are. And we go to church because it's who we are. And, 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 we, and we talk about the word at various times because that's who we are and because God is important to us and his ways are true. Do you see what I'm saying? It's really, this verse is inviting us as adults and us as Christ followers to allow the Lord to let everything that, that is truth become integrated into us and then flow out of us to our children. And so a lot of times, the conversations that I have with my kids are very, if you will, informal, even if you will, accidental. Now, there are a number of ways that I try to be intentional, and there's a couple of things that I do that, if you will, a little bit more formalized. But for the most part, we as parents, you don't even have to think like, oh, I'm not a, I can't do devos with my kids, or I'm not a teacher, or I don't know how to explain things. It's way more simple than that. And there's so many resources out there nowadays. You just go on the internet and find something and use it. But, uh, but basically, a lot of what I do is exactly what it says here. In the car, or when we wake up, or we go to sleep, and we just talk about life and just allow the Lord to be a part of our life. And a lot of times, conversations come out of that. You know, when Kids ask about you know, uh, the stars, or they ask about why this or why that? You just begin to 
uh, uh, you answer their question. It doesn't, doesn't have to be everything about Jesus. But, I mean, you just answer their questions, but you can allow the Lord, you know, asking about the stars, you can talk about God creating. You can, you can bring the Lord into things. Um, and so uh, a lot of times we're just trying to let God's Word pour out of us. But if you're not in the Word, it's not going to come out of your heart, right? But if you've been in the Word and you've been thinking about it, you've been praying for your kids, it's going to just come out. One of the formal things that I do now is uh, I just, we, we've often done like read the Bible at night or, you know, before we go to bed, that kind of thing, along with other books. But a lot of what I've tried to start doing, I don't do this every dinner or anything, but when it's convenient, when we basically are all sitting down at the table, a lot of times I'll read the Bible at dinner time. Now, partly this is because our kids are starting to get older, can actually like listen and then we kind of do a devotional, but it also fits our schedule. You know, a lot of times, though, it's just uh, hanging out with uh, John Paul and Nancy and just talk about our day or talk about the Word. And just so, so my kids hear us talking about the things of the Lord. That's so important. You know, maybe you and your spouse or something like that or just among friends and just the, the, our kids hearing what's, what's coming out of our own hearts and hear us process those things. But so at dinner time, a lot of times, though, I'll just open up the Word and I'll start to just, I'll just read the Word. And so that's sometimes where I'll get a little bit more intentional, if that makes sense. I'll read certain portions of Scripture. I'll talk about specific things that I want to talk to my kids about. And, uh, and, but they're at the age where they can, they can do that. But I want to recommend, let me just go backwards. If you know, you got little kids, and, or you're going to have little kids, when they're, when they're real, real little, best thing you could do is just tell them stories. You don't want to read the Bible to kids who are, like, really little. You want to get maybe like a, 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 one of those real basic kids' Bibles that tell stories, or like one of my favorite ones when they get to around three years old is called the Jesus Story Bible. It's a, it's a real good wording, like wording that they can understand, and it gives a good perspective, if you will, on the whole Bible, kind of tells the story of redemption. And uh, so it's kind of a fun one, just kind of do the Jesus Story Bible. It's got some good pictures, you can tell some stories. But for the most part, when they're real little, even into like that two, three years old, just telling them the stories. Just say, you know, this is, this is um, you know, just tell them stories about Jesus. Just tell them the story about creation. Tell them stories about David or, uh, you know, those kind of things. Just, just tell them stories. I mean, when when uh, John David was real little, I just started acting them out. We would role play. You know, if your kids, if your kids don't want to sit there and listen to the stories, just act it out, you know? Uh, and, and, and Michelle was kind of weirded out by the fact that we would act out the crucifixion. It was kind of weird. You know, first I'd be Jesus, and then John David would be Jesus. And, you know, so that was kind of weird watching, uh, you know, crucifying your own son. But, um, but like Emma, she always wants to be Mary and be pregnant, and I'll be the donkey, you know. Hey, don't take that anywhere other than just being a donkey, right? So uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Uh, but... Uh, just, uh, just acting it out and getting them to know the stories. When they get to be about four or five, depending on their cognitive you know, development, that's when you can begin to like, explain things to them more or you can read the Bible to them. So taking short portions of Scripture and reading it to them in a, in a translation that they can understand, like a New Living Translation, and begin to just read it to them, maybe talk with them a little bit, but don't, don't preach to your kids. Don't try to explain all huge things to them. But, you know, questions come up. You know, especially if they're like in Sunday school, you know, they're learning in, at church. Uh, they might ask you questions about like, now wait a minute. Uh, 
Jesus is God, but he's God's son? And you say, yes. <laughs> hmm. And then I start trying to figure that one out, and you say, I'm still trying to figure that one out? No. But uh, you just, uh, I just, <laughs> you just kind of, you don't need to try to explain like all these deep mysteries that we would see in the scriptures, but just begin to help them to understand things. But really, it's simple. It's just things like God's love and things like that. Now, as, 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 as my kids get older, begin to read the Bible more to them, like go through whole portions of scripture with them, like David's life, or go through the Gospels little by little, just read the stories, read the teachings of Jesus. I begin to get more intentional, to be honest with you. As they get older, I begin to teach them more about the, like things like the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to fear God? Obviously, and if you're a good dad, you can explain it that way. You know, you, you, know, you don't have to explain it like, oh no, God's going to kill us, right? It's not that at all. It's more this, like, you know God... You know God's going to be honest. You know he's going to tell the truth. You know that he's going to keep his promises, and you know his commands are right, and, and there are warnings not to break those commandments. And so I, I can begin to teach my kids the ways of God. I can go to, like, the Beatitudes. I can go and begin to talk about things deeper than even, like, sharing. But even, like, at Emma's age, Michelle will often, uh, with little kids and at, at Emma's age, will, this is, like, her number one thing with them is, is who's more important? people or things. I mean, seriously, if you hang out with Michelle, she's going to drive that thing into your heart, okay? And so even this weekend, we were joking about it at an adult level. We were like, hey, who's more important, people or things, you know? And uh, we were just joking about it because it's like so who it is when kids are fighting over stuff. I mean, literally, Michelle will tell a, a kid, Michelle, Michelle's real gentle and motherly and loving, but she can be kind of intense at times, right? And in her gentle, motherly way, she'll just say like, you know, who's more important, kid, people or things? Can you take those things with you to heaven? You know what I mean? She's like, really, she'll like go there, you know? And so, you know, she, she'll work with uh, the kids because, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of times people, even Christians, will try to raise their children uh, to be just good citizens or in the ways of this world, you know? Is it just to be like a nice person, fight for your rights? Like, think about that. When you disciple your kids, whether you are doing it now or you do it in the future, do, do you disciple them in the way of Christ, like the Beatitudes, like to be poor in spirit, to be a giver? Like are we training our children to be people who lay down their lives for others? Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like this is the simple way of Christ, is it not? I mean, Jesus made it really clear. Pray, fast, give. It's not very difficult. Made, Jesus made it very simple, not judging Right? Take the plank out of your own eye. Love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. Right? It's not all that complicated, but a lot of times the way we train our children is not in the way of Christ, is it? So what do we think? We're going to train them for 20 or 15 years in the way of the world? And then they're just going to like automatically say, oh, I want to love like Jesus loves. No. It has to be from when they're really little, even like I said at, at Emma's age or Joshua's age, to begin to impart to them that, that our whole life is ultimately about loving others. So even when I talk to them about their calling, their career, I mean, I want my kids to have vision. I want them to see that they can do anything that God has called them to do, and they can succeed and, and, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and, and they can, hey, they want to be rich, that's great, you know, but, but what's their life really about? 
serving others, right? Ultimately, what's their call? See, so these are the kind of things that we do, and, and, and we even uh, we try to model that. We try to invite them into that, and we'll talk about that more later. But the point is that in the way we talk about things, we need to talk about things the way that, that the Lord talks about things. Does it make sense? So, so think about that. If you're not flooding your heart with the Word, and you're not causing your life to be aligned with the principles and the truths of, of God's Word, and I'm talking about the simple stuff, you know, like lay down your life, for Jesus in the gospel, you know, love your enemy. If you're not doing that, then ha- what's going to come out of your mouth to them? You see what I'm saying? And the best discipleship is you modeling to others, to them. And when situations arise and they ask you questions, like a kid was not nice to them at school or something, how do you process that with them? Sock them in the face. Just sock them. I mean, is that really, was it that, would that be the way of Christ? You see what I'm saying? Right? There might be times to teach our, our, our uh, kids to, to set boundaries, and, and there's some times like that. But, but really? Really? Like, like two kids are fighting over a toy at church, and you're like, hey, you just, you need to fight for your rights. Don't let them do that. Push them back. You know, but sometimes that's kind of the, the ethic that we impart to our children. Like, that's, that's your toy. Don't share it. It's like, what are we really teaching our children? Does it make sense? Like, really fundamentally, what would Jesus teach them? Does it make sense? Do we, do we really want to teach our kids to be possessive and have an entitlement mentality? Does it make sense? Do we want to teach our children and train them up in a way that, like, we live to be entertained? Does it make sense? You know, I used to, I always ask my kids, like, hey, did you have fun? I start realizing, you know, like, maybe that implies something that I don't really mean it to imply. I kind of mean like, did you enjoy, did you get something out of it? You know what I'm saying? But really fun, fun, that, is that really the purpose of life? Is that it? Have fun? That's the purpose, huh? Now, we, life is, can be fun and enjoyable, but really, is that the purpose? Is that the purpose? Or is it really becoming the person we were created to be and to serve people? Does, does it make sense? So even my own self, as I, I need to flood my heart with the Word. But a lot of times, whether it's formal or informal, whether it's devotions at night, like a lot of times, like I said, we'll do just read a little bit of the Bible or do a little devo with the kids, or like I said, at dinner time, or whether it's driving in the car or going on a walk or just random questions. But a lot of times I'm praying and I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what, what do you want to show my kids? And that's why I said as they get older, I can begin to talk to them about maybe some more serious things like the wisdom that's in the book of Proverbs or you know, things that are, that are in the Bible. You know, like for example, I've done little, little give you little examples. I'll try to simplify things like the Bible says that to be careful what we put into our eyes, what into our, into our ears, because it goes into our heart, right? So, it's, so when you talk to your kids about what they watch, what they listen to, or you talk about your kids about what they, what they speak, and so I'll just do things like, well, you know, what if there was something really smelly outside? Would you leave the window open? Would you leave the door open? And they, ew, that's disgusting. You know, anything that like makes an impression on kids. And you begin to explain to them if there's something that's not good, that's why we don't you know, watch it, for example. You know, there's none of this, like, dual standard in my home, like, well, I'll watch it, but you can't watch it, you know? No, 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 I say, I to explain to my kids, there are things that are on TV or the me- media that are not good for anyone to see. They're not glorifying to God. So I begin to, you know, teach them these things. But do you see how I'm doing, I don't just say things like, Jesus is mad. Jesus, that's bad. Does it make sense? I don't talk in terms of like, bad, good. Or be a good little girl. Be a bad, don't be a bad boy. Or, I don't do that, really. It doesn't really help. Does it make sense? It doesn't explain to them those things. Or I, it doesn't, I don't even say things like, 
you know, well, we just, God wants us to be nice or something. No, he, like, they need more discipleship than that. They need us to teach them who God, what God is like. And they need us to explain the ways of God to them. You know, like even the power of our words. I'll explain to them like this. I'll say, I'll say hey, did, how, did, uh, how did God make the world? My kids will say, with, with his words, right? God spoke the world into existence. Okay, how did Jesus heal? I taught them. I showed them in the Bible. He did it with his words. He did it with his words. All right, and I'll talk to them about the power of our words, both that, you know, they can lay hands on people and see them healed, but even just the speaking words of life to people. I'll tell them. I'll, I'll do a lot of that kind of empathy kind of teaching. Well, do, do, if somebody said a, a nice thing to you, how does that make you feel? Well, when they, when they didn't share with you, how did that make you feel? See, and I try to get them to learn empathy and things like that by just teaching them, and then we bring it back to Christ. Now, 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 what would Jesus want you to do for that person? To, what does it look like to love? You know, a lot of times with my own kids, the way I just define love is I'll say, love means others are first. That's what I'll say a lot of times. Hey, love means others are first. Now repeat it after me. Love means others are first. It, it, it's what I'm saying is, it's taking these truths and these principles and simplifying it and finding creative ways maybe to explain it or little illustrations or, or, or real-life examples to help them to understand the wisdom of God's ways. Okay? And so the, the bottom line, though, obviously, is that we want to have it in our hearts, flowing out of our, our hearts to them. But because they're kids, we want to work with them where they're at developmentally. Right? So when they're real little, you just tell them stories. You get a little older, like three to five, you might be able to read the Bible to them. Right? When they get to five, six, seven, you begin to like teach them. And even into their junior high, high school years, you can teach them the word. You can have them do devos. That's really our goal as a church, to get our kids to a point where they're doing their own devos, spending time reading the word, praying, even like seven minutes a day. Right? By the time they get to J12, which is our like tweener, junior high age, we want them in the word reading the Bible, right? And you can, you can set, you can give incentives for that. We're all about bribing our children. Uh, you can give incentives. Uh, you, can, you can do a lot of things to get your kids to be reading the Bible, or you can still do devos at dinner, if you, high school, junior high. But here's the key thing uh, with high school and junior high, won't go into this too much, is it's really when they get to that age about being a safe place for them to ask questions and to be real and honest with you. If you haven't been developing that when they're younger, going to be harder, but they need to own their own faith. They need to be able to ask questions. I mean, I love to hang out with junior hires and just ask them, well, how do you know? <laughs> you know? I like to provoke them and to make them think, because when you get to junior high, high school, they need to think this out. It can't just be like, well, because the Bible says so. Well, because I said so. No, it needs to be like, well, well, how do we know God is real? Well, how do we know Jesus is really the Lord? And maybe even doing things like apologetics to show them that there really is historical evidence to Jesus' resurrection or things like that that might help them, but more than that, really helping them to process those things they're going through and bring them to a point where they own their faith as well, all right? But so at any point in their development, you can, you can pour out of your heart into their heart. You can model to them. Let me end with this, is that we're promised in the scriptures some of these things here. It says this, in Proverbs 22, <clears throat> I want to encourage you with this. Proverbs 22 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
But the reality is, is that when you pour the word into someone's heart, they can choose to go one way or the other. It's still their choice. But when you've poured the word of God into the heart, they'll always hear that. <laughs> and so the, the, the promise in the word is that if you'll train them up in the way they should go, if you'll lead them and you'll, and you'll train them up in the way of the Lord, they'll, they'll stick to that. Some of the things I pray over my own kids and declare over their heart in Isaiah 54, 13, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. I'm always, trying, I'm always declaring that over my kids. Lord, teach them to fear you. I declare that they will be taught by you. And that's really the goal, again, is that they would be led by the Lord in these things. And I declare peace over them. Peace is not just that they'd feel at rest. Peace is the wholeness in their emotions and in their relationships and the blessing in their life. In fact, one of the scriptures that I stand on in my own life is Proverbs 14, 26. It says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence and his children will have a place of refuge. See, I'm convinced that because I walk in the ways of the Lord, if I walk in the fear of the Lord, that I create an environment for them to encounter him, and I create an environment for them to grow up. If I'll walk in the ways of the Lord, if I'll fear the Lord, and I'll teach them how to fear the Lord, they'll have what the Bible calls a refuge, meaning that they will walk in God's ways and see his blessing and his confidence as well. And so I stand on these kinds of scriptures in my own life, and I also uh, pray them over their own life. And for those of you who... You know, maybe your kids have, have walked away from the Lord. Just continue to stand on Acts 16.31 that says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And just that understanding that as we pray and ask the Lord, the Lord wants all of our family to come to know Him. And we can pray and we can ask the Lord for that. So Clint, why don't you lead us in response? And uh, like I said, whether your kids are young or whether they're older, let's stand on these promises. One of the things the Lord told me one time, uh, I don't necessarily like pray for my kids every night, necessarily like while they're sleeping, I'll pray for them a lot. But one of the things the Lord showed me is that when I put them to sleep, even I just speak a declaration over them. It's not even necessarily that we have to pray a lot, but I'll declare over them Isaiah 54, 13, a lot. I'll just declare over them, great will be the peace of my children. All my children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be the peace of my children. I speak that, those words over them, and I bless them and I pray for them. So let's make sure to, let's commit to do that. Clint, go for it.